0: Uh, good morning everyone, this is Pastor Coy Baum with the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies coming to you once again live from our offices right here in Daytona Beach, Florida and with me once again is Scott Durant Scott Durant once again <laughs> Folks, good to have you today if you're joining us for the very first time this is the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies which is a ministry of Raven Ministries International if you want more information on Raven Ministries International you go to our website at www.biggrace.com www.biggrace.com dot com and get information on Raven Ministries International. If you're doing ministry or outreach or evangelism, anything lifting up the the, the name of Jesus and bringing people in the kingdom, we would love to know about it. And email us at raven at biggrace dot com. Raven r a v e n at biggrace dot com. Let us know what you're doing. Let us know how we can be praying for you. If you need help, assistance in any way that we can come and lend a hand to rake some leaves or pick up trash or feed the hungry, whatever it is uh, that we could do to to help serve uh, the body of Christ, we would love to do that. If you'll go to our website, Raven. Nation and click on that on the uh, on the uh, the the Big Grace website. Click on Raven Nation. You'll see that we have teams scattered throughout the the United States and into Eastern Canada. And we would love to know what you're doing. If there's any way that we could help you in any way, we'd love to be able to do that. If you are tuning in, what you come across is we do this a program. We really believe in equipping the saints. For the work of the ministry. You know, the ministry, folks, doesn't start and stop right here across this desk or this, this broadcast table. But really, our hope is that we can invest in you what God has invested in us to some degree. And to see you equipped to go and do the work of the ministry. And the, the ministry that we equip people for is the ministry of reconciliation. Bringing people back to, to a relationship with, with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Which is the only way. And so we're here to that, to, to, to put the word of God into you and allow that word to stir up in you and to draw you, if you're not saved, to bring you to that place of, of knowing that there's only one way to salvation, that's Christ Jesus. That there's, at the end of the day, there's either going to be life or there's going to be death. There's going to be eternal, eternal life in heaven or there's going to be eternal damnation in hell. Our goal is is to, to to do what we can to squel that, that 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 raging tide that's sending people to hell by the second, and to hopefully invest in you that don't know Jesus, the the word of truth, which is the the, the message of Jesus Christ, and for those that do, to to really hope to, to get you to compel people to come into His house that it might be filled. And I'm not talking about a church house. I'm talking about His house being that spiritual house that is that we abide in Christ through faith in. And so that's what we're here for. And we're here Monday through Friday typically, except with our uh, Travel schedules uh, uh, would say otherwise. Uh, from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and uh, we're doing an expository teaching right now in the Book of Romans. We're just about—I think right at a, about a year in it. Some of you guys, uh, Lucy and Steve, and some of these guys that are on can tell you that, Deb. Uh, but we're about a year into this, and we're at class number 187 this morning in the Book of Romans. And like I said, we're in the 15th chapter, and there's 16 chapters in the Book of Romans. But if you've not been with us in the past, you know, the thing about the Word of God is, is it is, it is sharp and it's powerful. Regardless of where you came into it, you may say, man, you know, why even bother now? You've covered this. Well, Two things. Number one, you're going, to, you're going to extract a lot of truth right where you're at. Number two, all of these classes are available for free download by going to our website, BigGrace.com, and clicking on Raven Institute. You'll see a neat little uh, electronic version of an iPod right there with all the classes hour after hour there that you can download, burn right onto your, your computer on a CD-ROM or whatever it is, and have those available free of charge. I encourage you to, to get those. If you have any questions about those, uh, as you're listening to them, don't think, well, just because we're already far ahead that you can't. Uh, I think it's, yeah, Pastor Sam last night emailed me about a question he had about class number 106 now that's 80 classes ago and so uh, I, hopefully I answered uh, the question he had on that class so if you listen to those and you have questions as they come up don't think that we've already passed that by you can email me raven at biggrace.com and I'd love to answer those questions for you or clarify something that maybe I wasn't clear in that hour we call this the fastest hour on the internet and it is it's rapid I mean we're going and trying to get as much information out there to you as possible in the, the limited time that we have each morning so encourage you to go and get those and take your time you can sit and listen to those things at your leisure they are free there's no price tag on any of that stuff and we'd love to put it in your hands and enable you to get deeper into the word of God and really to stir something up in you so glad that you're here Uh, if you're listening to us live tonight this is a Tuesday night and on Tuesday nights we're always live for the Raven Nation program. Raven Nation program, we come together, our teams all across the the, the country. We have people from all kinds of countries and, and other lands and places that do, join together from 8.30 until 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for that program. Uh, typically we, we uh, it's kind of like news related, we have intercessory prayer and whatnot. Tonight is, uh, if you're listening to us here May the 13th of 2008 live, we're having a special program tonight where we're going to be looking at the, there's uh, the, 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 the the Florida outpouring, the great Florida healing revival, I think they're calling it, some circles or whatever it is. But we're going to be examining that from really a biblical perspective and just chiming in. I get all these emails people are asking about it. And what I think about it and everything else. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take and we're going to take and apply what's happening there to the Word of God. Folks, we say this about our lives and everything that we do. Everything that we do has got to measure up and has got to stand the test, the litmus test of the Word of God. And so I encourage you to do that to me. You know, I And I say that all the time. Who can correct me? Anybody that's listening to me can correct me. If you've got an issue with something I say or whatever that I've done, and you, you, you say, listen, here's what the Word says and here's what you said, I have no problem with that. And I think some of you guys have, have seen that demonstrated right here in this program. And so we want that same thing. We want that the, the same mm-hmm. standard. James three one says, Don't let many be teachers or leaders among you, for upon you is a greater judgment. There's a higher level of scrutiny that has to, to be applied to that. If you can't, you know what they used to say, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. The kitchen. If you don't want your ministry to be scrutinized by the word of God you shouldn't be in the ministry period and so the old adage that people would say and they pull out of context you know you know, touch not my anointed do my prophet no harm you can't say anything against the man of God yes you can the scripture tells us not to receive an accusation against an elder unless there be two or three witnesses, three or three witnesses. against the leader that word is the, is the same one it's, it's used it's word bishop and all kinds of words as far as leadership goes but it says when you do it says address them, rebuke them. Rebuke folks is not always an evil thing. You hear what I'm saying? Or correct it or address those things openly that all may fear and learn. And So I want that principle applied to me uh, because that's what the word says. and It becomes a safety net. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the, the positives and we're going to look at some of the things that may be questionable about the Florida outpouring in relationship to the Word of God, and so we're going to be up from eight thirty until ten o'clock. I encourage you to, to be a part of that. Email your friends; people have uh, some questions about that. Uh, I've been combing through hours and hours uh, myself. Spent the last uh, days and, and really last couple weeks looking at things and examining things in relationship to Scripture, and I'm going to bring you some things that, that I believe that are really uh, need to be addressed Amen. in relationship to this. Uh, uh, Awakening, outpouring, revival, whatever, whatever the terminology is in Lakeland, Florida. So I encourage you to be there. Email your friends, tell them to, to come and be a part of that as well. And we're going to have a panel of guests and some people that we're going to be uh, that are going to be with us uh, via the the internet as well. And we'd love to hear what they got to say and and really get a, a deeper perspective on that, so we can really get the mind of Christ on what's happening in that situation. So that's what's happening tonight. I encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, Pastor Scott, would you open us in prayer this morning? Pray for the sick, and this is believe that God is going to be here today and, and teach us in. the 15th chapter and touching people's lives that that need to be touched as well. Amen.
1: Father, we do come before You right now, Lord. God, once again, I thank You for the privilege to even, even to talk to You, God, to me is an honor and a privilege, God. I thank You for that. I thank You that You've loved us enough to send Your Son to die for us. God, I, I have such an awesome respect for that. God, I, I want to thank you and just continue to give you honor and praise where it is due. For you, God, truly are worthy of all our honor and all our praise, God. And For real, God, you are the one that deserves all the glory. God, I just lift you up right now. I lift up your name before men. I thank you that, God, you, you do hear us now, God. That you have an ear to hear, God. You hear the cries of your saints. God, I ask right now that You would truly open our eyes and our ears to hear. God, that we would be attentive to this Word. God, that Your Holy Spirit would come and guide us once again as we break bread. I I don't take it lightly. It's not a thing I take lightly. I don't take lightly the, the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God. God, I know that in what You said in James, that it will be a stricter judgment that's brought on us. And Lord, I ask that you keep us in check, God, that the Holy Spirit continually guides us and keeps our feet on the right path. Father, I pray for all those in the listening audience, God, that, that their ears would be attuned to the Spirit and their eyes would be open to the truth. God, in the truth, would truly transform us and set us free, that we would truly build one another up today in the faith. We would truly edify one another we would equip the saints today, God. God, let this be a a time of equipping, a time of preparation that we might go out and and win souls, God, that we might go out and make disciples, God, that we might truly do the work of the ministry. God, I pray for those that are sick, God. Once again, I, I ask that you would touch their bodies right now, God. There's it saddens me, it grieves me, God, that there's so many sick in the body of Christ, God. God, I lift them before you. I lift them right now to, yes, to to before your throne room, God, and I ask that you would be merciful on them, God. That you would grant that healing to them, God, right now. That you would touch their bodies, God. Heal the sick right now, Lord. God, we pray the prayer of faith right now, believing, God, that you are able, that you are the healer, God. You, God, are the healer. And you are able to heal, God. We thank you for that. God, I thank you for touching those sick bodies. Mm. Setting people free. Setting the captives free right now in the name of Jesus. God, I do give you honor. I, I glorify in you, Lord. Mm. Yes, Jesus. Speak to us today, God. We yield ourselves now to you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen, and amen. Amen.
0: And Amen. 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 Praise God, folks. If you are joining us, we're in the fifteenth chapter. Looks like some of you guys got actually booted off for just a moment, but you are coming back. So, give you a chance to do that to come back in. If you're if you're watching from the outside, if you'll double click that screen where you see Scott and I, it'll actually pull up a second window and it'll ask you for a, a nickname. Put your nickname in there and push enter. You can actually join right into the room. I notice we have some that are lurking out there, and uh, you can lurk or from the outside, or you can join in and see what we're watching here on the screen as far as other people that are involved in the uh, the class this morning. Brother, let me ask you a question. Have you ever written a letter to somebody and broke it into chapters?
1: <laughs> Not really.
0: No, you may break it into paragraphs, but do you ever say, okay? Dear, son, dear mother, you know, you're out of cha- chapter 2, you know. Today I was thinking about chapter 3. You, you don't ever do it. And so, neither did Paul the apostle. apostle. right. And so, folks, listen, these chapter breaks, when we when we study the word, you like to talk about, we're in the 15th chapter of the book of Romans. These chapter breaks, some people don't even realize that they weren't even in the original. Right. Nor was the punctuation. Neither in the Hebrew or the Greek language was there the punctuation. We use periods and commas and explanation points and colons and things like that in our language to provide clarity and to... And to really to provide pace, and so if I'm reading something, it, it provides pace. If there's a common, what comma? What do I do? I pause. If there's a if there's a period, I stop. If there's an explanation point, what do I do? I I, I create uh, the inflection in my voice raises up. So right. none of those things were there, and so. Uh, these things when they put these chapters they 're really helpful. I mean they do in case you want to find something uh, the, in the biblical point translators of when they did the point of reference or whatever to, so you 're not having to comb through the entirety of something. Can you imagine if I just quoted something from the Psalms, for instance, or even one chapter for the hundred and nineteenth somewhere and i 'm asking you to uh, to find that you're you 're looking at all these you know hundreds and hundreds of verses doing that, so it really provides an ease of finding a particular passage of scripture and so it 's good in one sense. And somebody said this, that's the way they write, no punctuation. Praise God for that. But it's good in one sense because it does make it an easier process in locating something specific uh, uh, and really even helping memorization. You know, you teach kids, you know, John 3.16. My adopted grandson was here this past week, and, and I can say A, and I, he's got a scripture for A. I can say B, he's got a scripture for B. So it helps with the memorization on that. And so, but the negative side of it is it causes people to kind of pick and choose.
1: Right, cherry pick. The they cherry
0: pick it, they, they pull things out of context, and mm-hmm. they, they use these Bible verses, and they never consider the context of the letter itself. And in the case of, of, of chapter 15, really the, the, the chapter break really kind of comes at an inappropriate Time,
1: right? And we're, you're going to
0: see that today in this 15th chapter. Actually, the first seven chapters, and really write that if you study the Bible, write this and and, and go to number seven of Romans 15. Circle it and draw an arrow and point back up to chapter 14. Because the really the set, the first seven verses at least of this chapter could really should have been included in the 14th chapter, right? And not only that, but there should have actually probably been a, a, a chapter if they wanted to stay with some continuity of thought. Romans 14:7 through Romans fifteen seven could have actually been their own chapter. chapter. And I'm going to read those in just a second. You're going to see how those those verses, those seven... All flow together. From, from Romans fourteen seven 7 through 15, 7, they're really one thought. And there's a continuity in that second scripture. And I'm going to read that to you to show you what I mean. And, and, and you'll remember as we go back and we've talked these things. Um, For none of us lives to himself and no one dies... To himself, for if we live, we live to the Lord, and we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, uh, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived uh, again, that He might be Lord of both the living and the dead. So, but why do you judge uh, your brother, or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written. As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue confess to God. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or to cause a brother to fall in our brother's way. I know and I'm convinced by the Lord Jesus there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet if, you, if your brothers grieve grieved because of what you're eating, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one whom Christ has died for. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things which may edify one another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but is evil of the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat or drink wine nor anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Do you have faith? have it uh, have it to yourself before God happy is he who does not condemn himself when he approves but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith and whatsoever is not of faith is sin we then ourselves ought to bear you see how this flows right into that And he even gives us that. We then ourselves ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. There's that building up again. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach, you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of Scripture might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore receive one another, just as Christ also received us the glory of God. So, you can see that, that is just a, there's a continuity there. there's a, There's just a flow within those verses of chapter 14 into chapter 7. And really, what's it, what's it talking about? It's, it's talking about how we should function as the body of Christ in regards to those who are weak, those who are immature, those who have struggles. And what have we talked about in the past? We've always got to build those things upon love. We've got to build them on patience. We've got to build them on self-denial. And so if I'm dealing with someone in the body of Christ, and what, what did we talk about out of Hebrews yesterday and really the, the previous class too, about those that are
1: just, they're, they're, all they're, they're capable of is spiritual milk. Oh, Christ. They're They don't know the basic elementary principles of Christ. They haven't learned it. And know. so
0: as a result, they're not able to bear the, now you have three children. You have a son, what, 23? 23. 23, 23, 23 yeah. years old. You have a 21-year-old 21 21 old daughter, daughter and a 17-year-old 17 17. daughter. Now, I'm sure when those babies were first born, that, that dad probably enjoyed a steak every once in a while. Yeah. That, that Pastor Scott would so. sit down and eat his medium-rare steak and you know, enjoy that. But I'm sure when you held that little three-week-old baby on your lap, you didn't say, you know what, sugar, this steak to, is a to. lot better than that milk you drink. And have a bite of this. You didn't do that. They didn't even have teeth. They didn't even have teeth to eat it. You didn't say, well, it's tender enough, Mama. They should be able to swallow this thing mm-hmm. home. You didn't do that. Why? Because you know that they they, they would not be able to bear it. It would make them sick. It would give right. them a bellyache. And folks, it's the same way in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what Paul is really underscoring in this in this chapter that we've just created, 14.7 uh, uh, through 15.7. He's saying, listen, there, there's, you've got to be mindful. The reason that you didn't do that, you didn't think to yourself, well, my children are never going to eat steak. You thought to yourself, "Listen, let me work them up, up to it, to stay. Learned let me do what up. I can do to enable them. And if I have to be patient through the, the the teething process, now, brother, I don't know about you, but when when my children were cutting teeth, not only did they slobber, but they cried all the time. Mm-hmm. And so we was always rubbing their gums and getting some Ambisol oh. or whatever it was and trying to do anything. <laughs> they didn't want to sleep at night. They didn't want to eat well, and all this." But what did we do? We didn't say, forget it, I'm sending this one back and trading it for a donkey because they're a lot man- more manageable and they'll eat their egg. I didn't say that. What did we do? We work through that process. And when they did, it was time to eat steak, we didn't throw the whole slab of a, you know, 18 ounce quarter pieces. cut it up, broke it up and gave it to them Mm -hmm. and we probably didn't even start with steak we probably started with some other types of solid food mashed potatoes a little gravy cracker to get them used to eating something crunchy and worked our way up to that And folks a lot of times that's what discipleship is here's the problem Mm -hmm. he tells us to go and make disciples of all nations we had a conversation about a a brother lord he said listen i want people to come to my church but i want them to be mature christians (laughs) don't we all folks don't we all want all right. people to come that are... That, wouldn't we like to say, listen, man, I, we just had a baby. Well, what's your baby doing? Well, my baby's in his first year of college right now. Yeah. Well, I thought you just had him. <clears> well, <throat> we did, but we just got us one that was already fixed, right. already raised. You know, he's he's doing full good. Ride. Got a job. Full gr- Folks, that's full just material. not reality. And so what Paul the Apostle is dealing with is the fact that, listen, you've got people that are coming in, and the reason that they can't bear meat it's because we've never trained them up in those things. Mm-hmm. Folks, when you want to look at, I know myself when I go to a place like standing on Bourbon Street and witnessing and I see these young people and I go out to places like Seabreeze or, 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 or any place that I may go around the country or elsewhere and I, and I see especially young people that are caught up in a sinful lifestyle. You know who I blame? I blame us as the church. I say the reason that they're that <clears throat> way and they're saying they love Jesus they might even have a, some pendants on their neck and some earrings poked in their ear that resemble a cross but I know that
1: somewhere along the line they were never instructed in the ways right. of righteousness they've never been taught right, right been from wrong it, it says that you who are spiritually mature right. can discern good from evil and what happens is they're they're babes in Christ and nobody's told them and really they don't know they really think that it's it's okay mm-hmm. you know um, sad to say, but it, it's it's the shepherds that really aren't feeding the sheep they're really not teaching you know the sheep how to eat how to how to graze, where to find food. Still sadder <clears throat> to say is many
0: pastors are in that same category. Mm. They don't know they've never they, been taught right. what they were taught, is that they went into a uh, in, into a seminary, and I, and I know of many. And, and folks, I'm not I'm not one of these people that are opposed to Bible college or or, uh, or secondary education. I'm I'm, a, I, I'm partially a product of some of that, some some of the good stuff, and I saw some that was just nonsense as well. But what happens is you have a, a people that have a real desire and a zeal for the things of God. Mm-hmm. They'll go into those places. And they'll run them. They'll, yeah. they'll talk them out of their right. passion. They'll talk them out of their desire. They'll yeah. talk them out of the Bible and they'll teach right. them to the vain philosophies of men. Yeah. They, won't, they won't tell them, listen, here's what you need to study. I'll, I'll give you an example that we, we witness and we'll be in, in New York City with some of these guys here in just a short amount of time. But what's interesting about that is, you know, I talked to a lot of Orthodox Jews on the streets of New York City. Orthodox Jews, you'll recognize, we're in dark suits and the, the ringlets and right. the hats and the beards. And many times I'll talk to them and I'll want to talk to them about
1: the Old Testament. The Testament, the Torah.
0: But they don't know it. They don't even know the Torah. They don't even know it. And I'll talk to them i say, well, listen, what, what do you think about what the prophet Isaiah said or Jeremiah said in relationship to the coming of the Lord? Well, I don't really know. They don't know. Right. You know what they're taught? And, and, and I've had dozens of them tell me the same thing. Well, you've got to understand, within our synagogues, we, 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 we follow more rabbinical writings and teachings than anything else. And so we have a rabbi that teaches us about the Torah. And folks, have we not seen that? Doesn't not, teach
1: them the Torah.
0: Teaches about them about it. it teaches them his interpretation of it. It's no different than what the Catholic Church did or, or many, even other, other denominations. They don't want to teach you the Word of God, they want to teach you about it. Uh, I don't know if the brother's on here today, but there's a, a brother in the Lord that was involved in a mainline denominational church. And uh, they had a Sunday school class, that this, it was a large church, they had a Sunday school class that blew up to about 100 people. And they were teaching about the, 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 the Spirit of God moving in people's lives, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the, the infilling, the gifts of the Spirit. And this was a, this was a church and a denomination that didn't do that. But these people started getting into the Word themselves, right. and they began to see things. And so God began to pour out in this group of people and one of the uh, the the pastor himself didn't say a whole lot about it you know he was confined to that group of people and they were searching they wanted more from god but one of the associates or one of the elders i believe it was came in and he and he brought the 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 bylaws of the church and he he walked in and he said you can't be doing that these bylaws say that you can't mm-hmm. and the teacher said wow. listen Are we supposed to follow this pointing to his Bible Bible. or that pointing to the bylaws? And the the, the leader, the pastor, whoever it was that came in, he said, if you're going to do it here, you need to follow this pointing at the bylaws of the church. And, And so what was it? He didn't know. And so he wasn't able to disciple them or discern good from evil because he himself was, was too focused upon quote unquote the bylaws or the structure of his particular denomination. And what that comes back to is people just do not know the Word of God. They know about it. I know people that their their education of the Word of God is somebody else's book. Right. They're not saying, you know what, God, I want to search your scriptures. I want to go into the unsearchable riches. God, what is it? If somebody says, Well, what's your favorite, what's your favorite book? Well, right now it's it Romans. Ought, it ought to be, it ought to be <laughs> yeah. this book. Yeah. Right. Last week it may have been Corinthians. Next week it may be Revelation or right. James or, or Isaiah. Or you know, I've got 66 of them on my, on my library bookshelf that I can check out anytime. There's no late fees. There, there's, no, there's, there's no card that I have to do or anything else. I can check out this word. And so what Paul was addressing was, listen, we've got people that haven't been schooled in this. Right. And folks, we've got to take the opportunity to do it. I want to say this. Not only should you be, every one of us should be constantly being discipled, but we should be disciplers as well. Amen. And I ask this question periodically, who are you discipling? Who is it that you're pouring into their life? Who is it that if somebody says, hey, who is it that's speaking into your life right now? Who is it that's, that's, that's saying something to you and teaching you how the Word of God that's, that's, that's challenging you? Now, what would your answer be right now? I'll just, I'll just put you on the spot right now. And say, who are you speaking into their life right now that if somebody asks them, this person is discipling me, this person is mentoring me, this person is walking me along the way. If you don't have a ready answer, if you, if you have to stumble on it or think, well, maybe this person or maybe that person, you need to repent. You need to repent and say, God, you've got to put people in my path that I can invest in their life. I've got to do that. You said go and make disciples of all nations. I've got to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Most of you that are with us today, you guys are not... Uh uh, uh, oblivious, you folks are, are not ones that have never heard the word of God. You you have heard the word of God. You know what it's talking about. So I really encourage you to begin to uh, to, to search the scriptures yourself and to, to allow yes. God to lead and guide you and to begin to teach those things. And so we we see that love, patience, self denial. And so verse one of chapter fifteen says this. He says, "We then who are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, and not to bring pleasure to ourselves." And so. Taking exactly what he said, brother, and we mentioned this. Did he go? He, he accelerates us into this place, but he just came out of the whole thing. Listen, there's things that you think are okay, but they cause a brother to stumble. What you need to do is be the bigger man and not do them. Right. If there's something that, you, you're, uh, that, that that would cause them to, to digress in the relationship, you need to say that they're more important than something that's important to you. Then he drops this bomb on us. Then he says, so then, you who are strong ought to bear with the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Folks, that word strong, and you can write this down in your notes. It's the word dunatos. And it means those possessing mighty Christian virtue or mm. character. So yeah. those of you who are in possession of mighty Christian virtue or character ought to be the ones. Okay, yeah. let me ask you a question. Would you describe yourself as being in the possession of mighty Christian virtue or character? Would you say to yourself, you know, listen, I'm strong. That there's a strength inside of me. That there's an empowerment inside of me that would enable me to bear those things for someone else. Now think about what Paul said. He came to Jesus and he said, listen, I prayed for you three times. I said, take this thing from me. And you said that my grace is sufficient for you. Why? Because my strength is made perfect, complete, mature, in your weakness. In your weakness. And so, my grace, once again, we've given this definition dozens and dozens of times through this teaching. Grace is the word charis in the Greek. And literally, it means the divine influence of God upon the heart with a reflection coming out of the life. And so it's the divine influence of God upon the heart and the reflection in the life. So I could say this. We who have had the reflection of God's divine influence upon our life, Ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, Amen. folks. The genuine grace message is not a message of do what you want to, and God's going to give you a free pass. the The, the genuine spiritual grace message is a message of holiness and righteousness and overcoming. Yes. It's not a license to do wrong; it's the ability to do right.
1: Actually, grace gives yeah. us the ability to do what's to do right. right. You know, it's through His love He brings us to repentance. You know, and that there's a word in there too. In your your Bible, it says uh, infirmities, and mine, it says scruples. But actually, it's, it's the weaknesses, it's the sins mm-hmm. that they're trapped in, and we are to bear with them who are weak in their weaknesses, right. and to lift them up and encourage them. You see the, the next scripture down saying to edify, build them up. We're right. to, to literally take them and look where they are. I think yesterday, uh, I was thinking of yesterday, I was with a brother Um Who's struggling? He's he's fixing to go to prison. He's, yeah. he's he, here. He was drinking beer, and he says, "Man, I know that God doesn't want, it, want yeah. me to drink beer." He goes, "Man," he goes, I, "I'm so depressed." He goes, I, I'm, "I'm I can't get over my my weakness. I'm, I I, can't, I haven't been able to forgive my sister. I I can't get over the hurt of my mother's loss." And I was able to pray with him and encourage him to get in the Word, mm-hmm. you know, and to you know, I know I know he's going to prison. And, and it, it it seems like a hard place, but I said, Mike, take it as a time that you can go after God, sure. a time of not captivity, but a time of freedom right. where you're going to be free to spend time in the word. And, and, and I prayed with him that the Holy Spirit would begin to teach him and that he would get in the word. And I, I encouraged him to read book by book he goes, I've never, re-, you know, Harry's been a Christian for years. He said, I've never even more or less read the whole Bible. I've never even read the New Testament. Wow. And I said, brother, why don't you start in Matthew and read through Revelation, then go back to Genesis and read through the Old Testament. I go, you're going to be in there 24 months. You're going to have plenty of time to, <laughs> to, to read the Bible and to grow. And and if you'll read, I said, Mike, I, and, and I took him back to the thing where if I, I wrote you a letter, Mike, you wouldn't pick and choose out of that letter, would you? And he said, well, no, you know lines, I go, you would read the letter that I wrote you. I go, read each book as a letter written to you personally. And I go, man, you you will grow. The Holy Spirit will strengthen you. And and you know, of course, we prayed yeah. for that weakness. I mean, I didn't, I didn't throw him out in the street and tell him, you know, you're doomed. You're, you're drinking beer. Yeah, it's sin, and Mike. And I told him, I, I point blank, Mike, you you've got to repent, man. The only freedom is going to be when you ask God to forgive you and ask Him to help you with that weakness. The only way to overcome sin is through through the grace of God, through going to God and saying, "I am right. weak, Lord, help me." And and us as brothers in Christ being there for that person to say, Hey man, I will take you by the hand. I will walk you through this thing. Yep. I'm gonna be there for you to you know, don't go to the bar, come to my house, call my phone twenty four hours a day. You need me, you call me. And and the problem is a lot of us have unlisted phone numbers. Right. You know? We're untouchable. You know, we're on some spiritual we plane. No, we don't. <laughs> call us twenty four seven. Twenty four seven, my 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 number's there. And and you, you become untouchable. You're you're on some God mission of your own and you, you've forgotten your brother who is weak. And if you right. you know, I, I'm looking at your notes right now and it says Galatians six, one and two, and here this morning, God down the 6, same, <laughs> same same exact verse. I mean it just shows me how God works. And it says, right. You who are spiritual, restore one in a spirit of gentleness. Right. And man, I, I my heart broke for him, man. Yeah. It broke for him. Mm-hmm. Because here's this guy who you know he's 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 you know he's so spiritually weak. He's been going to church and he's got nothing out. Of right. him. Nobody's nobody's took him by the hand. Nobody's lifted him up. Nobody's held him accountable. Yep. And and man, I I said, God, we we've got to bear our brother's burden. Man, we've got to lift him up. I said, man, here's my card. Here's my number. Write my address down. You go to prison. You let me know. I'll come visit you in prison. Mm-hmm. And 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 we'll stay in contact with him because man. He's a weak brother. He, right. he is a brother, but man, he he's he's in bondage. Yeah. And you know, I, I could have just kicked him in the butt and threw him out. And and there were some other guys there that that were were. He, he called them the 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 winos. And man, they they were they were all bound up in alcohol and just you know. And I, and I didn't I didn't hold back no punches. I told them they were going to stand before a holy God and and that you don't have a promise of tomorrow, Billy and Bobby. You you don't. Mm-hmm. Man, you're going to stand before a holy, righteous God. And how will you give an account? You know, will you say, oh, well, I was busy drinking wine and that was... Man, that, that's not going to be an excuse, mm-hmm. you, you, you know. But in that, I reached out and I said, you know, his hand has reached out right now. His breath, His Spirit is reaching out to you. You breathe right now because... He goes, why am I here? He goes, there's got to be a reason I'm still alive. I made it through Vietnam. I made it through this. I said, you're alive right now because God has one more day extended mercy to you. And His hand of salvation is reaching out right now. Today is the day, Bobby. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. And man, you could just see conviction coming on them. They begin to weep. And they literally had to walk away. I mean, the, the, the Spirit of God was there. And and the hand of the Lord was reaching out. And brothers and sisters, that's what we've got to do. We've got to pray and we've got to reach out. We've got to be the hand of God, reaching out to this lost and dying right. generation. And and man, I, I just, you know, I can't say that enough, man. You you, yeah. you you look at, and I'm not trying to jump over on your notes, but in, in Galatians it says, you who are spiritual, restore. Yeah. We need to restore them. Bring them back to where they need to be in gentleness, you know, and and bear that word, bear one another's burden. Yep. I, I need to bear his burden. Man, his burden needs to be. I mean, it's not all right with me that Mike goes to hell. No, not at all.
0: And it it's shouldn't be okay right with well, us for anybody to go to hell.
1: And brother, he is. I, 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 and I I know your heart, so I'll say, you, you're welcome in our church. Right. You don't have to be spiritual giants to come here. Right. The homeless are welcome here. Right, We will feed you. We will help you. You don't need to go to some other church. I won't send you somewhere else. Call me. I'll come get you. Whatever. Man, I want to bear your burden. You know, I think about
0: years ago when I was in Texas, we had a place called the Raven's Nest. And I would, we'd pluck <clears throat> men off the streets. Be off the streets from drugs, alcohol, prison, or whatever else. We'd bring them in. It had dozens and dozens of men that came through that time. And we'd just take basically we'd take them into our house. We wouldn't take them into a program. We would take them into our lives, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so we set up a house just like any other house. And they came in and, you know, they had responsibilities and they became a family in themselves, but they came a part of our family. And some of the guys, I had one guy that stayed with me for three years. He needed wow. that, but he came mm-hmm. from a very, his tragic past, his life was, I mean, just outcast at 18 years old and he was 44 when he came to me. But he was so kidlike. Uh, Some that stayed a couple of days. Some that stayed a few hours. But, you know, all of those people, what we wanted to do is invest in them everything we could while we had the opportunity. But I I remember one of the guys came to me named Clay Adams. And he said, hey, and he mentioned one one of my associates at the time that was at the church. And he said, yeah, he sat down with me one day. He came out to the house and he said, he looked at me and he said, you know, Clay, he said, you're the only success story that I've ever seen come out of this house. And and Clay broke Clay's heart just like it broke mine because this guy couldn't see beyond his own expectancy. And he thought because some of those guys had, had still struggled, some of these guys were still going through the process, some of these guys were, were still you know having to overcome some of these lifestyles that had been with them for 30, 40 plus years, that he expected them to just come in and say... You know, say a little prayer and be on their way and fine. No, we had to. We it took lots of resources. It took many, many hours. It took a lot of sleepless nights and things like that. But was you know, you know, the good news is on a situation like that is God will vindicate Himself. Mm. I remember a few months later, I got a telephone. Matter of fact, I was already living in New Orleans at this point, and I and I got a telephone call, and it was one of the guys that I hadn't talked to in years. Mm. And he tells me, he said, "Is this Pastor Troy?" I said, "Yeah," and he gave me his name. He said, I'm at a retreat, a men's retreat in Colorado. And he said, I'm sitting around. He said, it's all men. And he said, each table holds about 10 or 12 men. And we were just sitting around visiting, giving our testimony. And he said, I was sharing my testimony about how I came to the Lord. And he said, I brought your name up, that you that I was at my lowest place, that I was a heroin addict, and you brought me into the yeah. house. And he said, as soon as I mentioned your name, he said, three other guys at the table said, are you talking about Pastor Troy in Amarillo, Texas?
1: Mm.
0: And he said, yeah. And they said, well, he's the same guy that took us in and gave us a chance when nobody else would give us a chance. Now, I hadn't seen these guys, I didn't know what happened to them. Mm-hmm. And so he's on the phone and putting all these men on the phone. Folks, it is God that will vindicate His righteousness, Amen. and so many times when people don't, they want to look at the weak and not build them up. Folks, listen! Listen, you, you can't draw those conclusions instantaneously. You've got to allow God to work in people's lives. It's just what you're saying. You know, He said, "When you the, 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 that are strong, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Those that are in possession of the character of Christ Jesus." And I want to read that whole that whole of Galatians six 1, because it directly is tied to just what you're saying, brethren. If any be overtaken in a fault, you that are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Consider yourself, though, mm-hmm. lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens so that you can fulfill the law of Christ. What's interesting, you, you're talking about it uses infirmity, it uses scruples. Galatians 6.1 uses the word fault. And, and really, an infirmity can be described as a, a fault line mm-hmm. or a path of least resistance. And that's really what infirmity, if I put water upon a pitched roof is the water going to roll uphill or downhill? Downhill. That's what a fault is. If I find a brother that's got an issue in his life that's a path of least resistance, maybe it's lying, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's sexual immorality, that's a path of least resistance. What do I need to do? I need to go and stand in the way of that fault line. I need to stand in that place Mm of of least resistance. And I need to be, as one that's got strong moral character, I need to be that one that's in the gap, that's going to be Mm -hmm. strong where he can't be strong. I remember telling some young people out on Seabreeze, why are you all out here? They we were witnessing in front of the nightclub. Why are you all out here? I said, because until you cry for your generation, I'm going to cry for your generation. Until you preach to your generation, I'm going to preach for your generation. Until you pray for your generation, I'm going to pray for your generation. When you start doing it, then I won't have to be the one because you're going to be the one doing it. What's more interesting, you know, we're talking about that, that fault. If one is overtaking the fault. And, and you know, as I was studying this, just, this came to me in a geological sense. It's that the surface of the earth is covered with something called tectonic plates. Right. I don't know if you've heard of this. Most of you probably have. And there but there's twelve primary plates that are the tectonic plates of the earth. Those things are about thirty miles thick, and they really kind of serve as the outer surface or the covering of the earth. And here's what's interesting when I when I read that, it was just reading the scripture, and that came to me about the tectonic plates, it's for a couple of reasons. First These serve as a foundation for the life that exists on the planet. Mm. There's 12 of these things that without those tectonic plates, without those foundations, what what we would be, there would be instability of the sphere because it's molten on the inside of this earth. And everything would cave in. It would be totally uninhabitable. But because of those 12 foundations there. Secondly, like I said, there's 12 of them. Now think about this. Revelation 21, 14. And it says, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations.
1: foundations.
0: Mm. Isn't that powerful, folks? And them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Wow. Folks, don't tell me that God isn't a God of order. Think about it. If this earth physically has twelve tectonic plates that make up the foundation. And it talks about that city that's going to come down. It's going to have twelve foundations. Mm-hmm. That new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. And the names of the twelve apostles. Of the Lamb. Folks, when there is a fault somewhere along the tectonic plates, when they shift as they're designed to, everything works fine. But when when they don't shift in that way and they collide into one another, what you have is an earthquake. Because what happens is there becomes a pressing together, a conflict between two up layers, up. and one has to jet up, one has to go down, and the layers of that strata. And and but under best conditions, those things shouldn't occur. And that's exactly what he's talking about from fourteen seven to fifteen seven. He's saying, listen, I, I've made and I've given the foundation of my word. I've, I've I've provided the foundation for you to build upon. And when you're flowing together, when you're strengthening one another. Even when there's an issue or whatever else, what's happening is, is there's not going to be the rumbling. There's not going to be the earthquake. But folks, listen, when, we, when we're not walking in love, when we're not, not walking in patience, when we're not walking in, in self-denial towards one another, and we're not wanting to esteem our brother above ourselves, what happens? There's a spiritual earthquake that occurs. And if you think about it, that's what that happens in the body of Christ. God has established us upon the foundation of the law and the prophets. How many tribes were there? There was twelve. Wow. How many apostles were there? There was twelve. Wow. And so, where there's an infirmity or a path of resistance or a fault line, then instead of that spiritual tectonic plate mm-hmm. providing us with what could be akin to a spiritual, kind of a hovercraft is what it is, mm-hmm. that keeps us literally succumbing to that fluidity and the fire that's just beneath our feet. Now think about that folks. Without these tectonic plates, we would fall into the fire, folks, without the foundation of the Word of God, without brethren that, 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 are, that are strong to bear the infirmities of the weak, what 's going to happen to them? brother? they 're going to fall into the fires of hell. we don 't need to be the source of an earthquake that 's going to open up the source of uh, the, the, the surface of the earth or the surface of god 's judgment. What do we need to do? We need to find ourselves instead to be upon them things because those things, those plates, ourselves as a body of christ we 're meant to work in harmony with one another, not to crash into each other to bring about destruction. Brother, years ago, think about it. Deb was living in the area. lived in San Francisco. I don't know if you were in there. Were you living in that area when the, the, the earthquake struck? In, in 89. And what happened? And they struck along the San Andreas Fault. And, and what happened? Help poured into the city. Right. They did. People came in in droves. All kind of folks came. They wanted to help the victims. And these are people that had not been overtaken by the fault. But they wanted to come in and strengthen them. They wanted to uncover what's happening right now in China. 10,000 people at least are dead in a city of 160,000 people because of those tectonic plates shifted. And there was calamity and people were crushed. Folks, listen. We've got to be the ones that are strong ones, that are going and say, God, help us to build a foundation that is not constantly crashing into one another. Let us get the mind of Christ. Let us build people up on the foundation of righteousness and of truth. Because one day, brother, that 12 foundations is going to come down for heaven. And we're going to be a part of that. Amen. Amen. Come on. And so here's what he says, folks. He says, we, we who are strong ought to bear with the infirmities of the weak, not to please ourselves. Strong, like we said, it means those who are in possession of mighty Christian virtue or character. To bear is the bastasso, and it means to uphold, to support, and to carry. What does it say right there in Galatians 6? Bear, bear one, one another's one be burdens. And so I need to carry someone. Now, if you're off with somebody, say you're out there at the beach and somebody sprains an ankle, and they can't walk to the car, what do you do? You should help. They drape their shoulder over you and you bear their burden. You may not totally pick them off the ground, Mm. but what do you do? You get on the side of them that's That's weak. And so if they've got a bad left ankle, what am I going to do? I'm going to get Mm. on that side and I'm going to be their left ankle. Folks, listen. We've got to ask ourselves sometimes. There's people that have not been taught the Word of God. They need somebody to be their left ankle. Mm. They need somebody to be their eyes. They need somebody to be their ears. They need somebody to encourage them, to strengthen them. Just like, just like the men that I told you about. Just like Billy, who's been coming on on Tuesday nights. He's a guy that we plucked off and just gotten out of jail. Him and his wife. Both we plucked her off. She was a, a drug addict. He was a drug addict. We, 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 we got them. They, the, we, we, we strengthened them. Billy stole my van one time and did a crack deal. <laughs> now people said, kick him out. He's He's a crackhead. Well, Jesus came not to call the the righteous, but the sinner to repentance. And the the, the church should be a hospital for the sick, not a, a luxury liner for the well. And so I say, why would I do that? Well, he stole your truck. Well, I, I stole many things from God. I, I, I blasphemed his name. I committed spiritual adultery. And he didn't throw me out of his house. He just mm, kept showing mercy, and kept calling me to repentance, kept renewing me. Now, Billy set free, delivered. His wife set free, delivered. They met while they were part of our, our program. I could give you countless times like that where God said, listen, I want you to bear with them. I want you to, to be long-suffering. brother." I tell you what, in the ministry, that experience right there taught me more than any Bible college, any book that I ever read, anything else, it's having these people that were totally fouled up, messed up, that were totally different than me, that I had to say, God, I don't want to minister to them from my position of strength to their weakness, but I want to be strong for them, and I want to bear their
1: burdens. I want to help them through that process. I just wanted to comment on over in James, where it talks about um, James 1-2, it says, um, if 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 there should come anyone into your assembly, a man with gold rings or fine apparel, and there should come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and it's talking about there. Well, back up to verse one, it says, "With no part, don't show partiality." Right. And you know, I talked about how some people want people to come in in their church that are spiritually, quote, mature, but the Lord tells us right there to. To not show partiality. Don't show favoritism. You know, don't pick, well, this one, he seems to be doing better in the program right. than the other. We'll throw this guy out and we'll keep this guy. You know, the baby, the old saying, you don't throw the, the, the baby, baby out the with, the, water. with the bath water. You know, you, you take a baby, you were saying, you stay up sometimes nights with him. You work them right. through. You, you teach them to eat. You have to spend time. You have to take that time. You have to bear that burden. You drop down further. And James, it says... In verse 8 it says you really fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures when you shall love your neighbor as yourself. yourself. How how do you want to be treated, right? What would if if you were hooked on crack, Troy, what would you want someone to do to you? Show me mercy. Would you want them to to pull you up and bear yeah. your burden, try to rescue you out of that? Or yeah. or would you want them just to to Give you a good swift boot in the butt and say, "Get over it." See you, crackhead. Yes. Hope you hope you heart, hope your heart blows up. Mm. You know. So when they cry out to help for help, we we've got to be there. We we've right. got to reach out the hand. You know. And and of course that's that's extreme. You know. You you say the crack, but there's there's such a facet of people even in between yep. that are that are spiritually immature in so many things, and they yep. just haven't learned Christ. They just haven't learned the difference that. They can't even discern spiritual gifts. They look at miracles and signs and wonders and they think just because they see something happen in the church, it's got to be God. I mean, it it happened in a church. It, It seemed to be a miracle. There was a lot of an emotion. And... It has to be God. I heard
0: Jesus mentioned. Right.
1: I heard Jesus mention. but see, they, they don't even realize they have never read the scripture that they, they and they think of the devil as this guy with a pitchfork. Right. But they haven't read the scripture where it says he comes as an angel of light. Right. He comes like just like. Yep. You know uh, uh, what is good, and and that's the thing you have you have these people that that they really can't discern yep. good from, from evil. evil. They they don't know. And so, what happens and nobody's warning them nobody's telling them the truth nobody 's taking them to the word of God Word of god and 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 training them in these things you know they they, they just take what they hear they, like you said they read a book and now i 'm not knocking but there's some great books out there i 've got a shelf full of them and I've even got some books on my shelf. I I don't think I'd let people read. Mm -hmm. That's how bad they are. But thank God that because of the Scripture, because of that I've gone through the Word of God, when I read a book that's, quote, not good instantly, I picked, wait a minute, that's not what the Word of God says. Mm-hmm. They, they've taken a script. They, wait a minute, that, they, they've not taken that in context. It, just like in Romans, where you were reading through that, so many times it says, therefore, you know, I used to hear, there was a pastor in West Palm Beach, and he used to really harp on that. He'd say, therefore, well, it's therefore a reason. It's therefore that you go back and read what it just right, said. Right. You know, it's saying, therefore, therefore what I just said, you know, all that means this. You know, and you have to take all that into consideration. You can't, you can't just pull a scripture out and make, that's where we get the cults from. That's where we get these Jim Joneses and these false prophets because they take one scripture and they make it say what they want them to say and there's, there's no root. There's, the, the, yep. they've taken it out of context and, and they get an error.
0: You know, I was witness on Bourbon Street one night and there was a couple, middle-aged couple, probably in their early 50s, that were there, and uh, one of our team uh, began to witness to the uh, to the guy's wife. As a matter of fact, it may have been Mercedes that's with us today. I'm thinking it was. And it seemed like the woman was very receptive, but the man seemed somewhat agitated. And so I just went and kind of tapped the guy on the shoulder to draw his attention. And I was just there. I was just drawing his attention because his wife was being ministered right. to. And so I just began to talk to him. And he looked at me and he said, I know what you're trying to do. And I said, well, what am I trying to do? He said, you're trying to make me feel bad by talking, speaking all that scripture. And I didn't even realize that I was saying scripture. I was just talking like I normally would talk to somebody. And I said, really? He said, well, I'm, a, I'm an elder in the Presbyterian church. He said, I've been one for 20-something years. He said, I teach in it and all these things. I know. I know these things. And so I, he, he just continued. I let him talk and ramble. And, and it caught me. I said, let me ask you a question, sir. I said, listen, I'm sitting here and you got angry with me for using the word of God. I said, I've heard you say a lot of things. But I said, I've not yet heard you say what Jesus said. I said, can you quote me one scripture other than John three sixteen. And brother you would have thought I'd poured hot oil over his head and scorched him. He hit the roof. He could not quote one solitary scripture from the mm-hmm. word of God. And here's a guy mm-hmm. that is a teacher within his denomination. In this case, he's
1: an elder teacher, wow. an elder,
0: a leader in his church and could not do it. He did not know the word because he was never required to know the word. Chances are he was given a pamphlet every week from the denominational headquarters and he just read those things. But as far as having mm-hmm. a command of the scripture, he did not know it. Brother, I've, I've talked to people in the streets and, and here's a guy that claimed it. But people that, that, that somebody told them they were saved. She said, Well, you know, you can't do that. Well, somebody said I could. They said, If I just said this, I can be, they don't know the word. I, I've been to churches across this nation and preached the gospel, preached just strictly the simple message of the cross. And I've had people come up to me afterwards and said, We have never heard such things before. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, folks, listen. This is just plain B flat gospel that, that ought, ought to be the foundation to what you're. But they have never heard it. Mm-hmm. I remember last year that I was in I was we were ministering in New York City, and I had a group of about four or five uh, ministers, people who were involved in ministry. One of them, I believe, was a pastor. And I'm out there on the street corner, just talking to them, sharing my heart, mm-hmm. sharing things that God just is, through the Word. Once again, B flat, and they were astonished at these things, folks. It was flat B flat gospel. Listen. We we don't say anything that's this this super revelation Everything we get is just the plain vanilla gospel what you got right here. We're not saying anything that ought to make you to shake your head and say, well, where did that come from? That's extra revelation. Folks, it's right here. There's no scripture given a private interpretation. It's all good. It's all profitable for doctrine. And the Spirit is what leads and guides you into all truth. If you'll search the scripture and you'll say, Holy Spirit, show me, He'll open up this word to you and and give you a revelation of what He has already said. You don't need something brand new. You do not need something that, 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 that somebody's conjuring up saying, I've got this fresh revelation. Folks, it's right. There is so much revelation in these, these 1,179 chapters, 31,101 verses of Scripture. I tell you what, you don't need to go somewhere else and find a, a greater revelation. It is right here in the Word of God. Amen. We who are strong, we that understand that ought to bear, ought to uphold, ought to strengthen uh, the, those that have a fault line in their life. Those that have not had that benefit uh, that are weak. That weak is Adunatas in the, in the Greek and it means those that are impotent. Those that are powerless. Mm -hmm. Those that are not able to reproduce anything of themselves. Folks, we have a responsibility to take that Word and to to invest it into their lives. To strengthen them. Now, sometimes they don't like it. It's kind of like giving a, a child a dose of medicine. They will wrinkle their nose up. They will try to spit it out. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just got to put your hand mm-hmm. over their mouth and make them swallow. swallow and I tell you what, 30 minutes later when the fever breaks, they're thanking you that yeah. Daddy was the one mm-hmm. that's willing to put the spoon put in their mouth. Folks, oh. listen. We have got to have that mentality to bear that fault line, to be watchful for other people that and not allow our spiritual quote-unquote tectonic plates to crash together and to cause an earthquake. We've yeah. got to remain that fluidity of the Scripture and establish ourselves upon that, that firm foundation of the Word of God and Allow it to build and to resonate in our hearts and lives as we teach other people. Why? Because what did verse 2 say? Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading back to what it said in in 4.19, that edification, that building up. Folks, if we're going to build up, we've got to build up upon those foundations. Upon this rock... I'll build my church upon these spiritual tectonic plates I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it folks we're totally out of time this morning in this installment of the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies we'll be back tomorrow at 9 o'clock a.m. but I want to encourage you don't forget today Tuesday you guys are listening to this live we're going to be on tonight from 8.30 until 10 and we're going to be dealing with just talking about uh, the the whole Florida outpouring the Florida healing revival and just really take it and apply it what's going on there and the folks involved according to scripture love you to come and be a part of that that email your friends say hey come on you want to know what's going on in that we live here in Florida we're kind of close to the situation no people that are involved in that uh, be with us tonight from 830 until 10 o'clock we'll be addressing that Got one bit of advice for you today as we close out get into God's word and God's
1: word will get into you